What are you two doing here? It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. I get a text from Anthony on Saturday. Was it Saturday? Yes, yeah, Saturday, Saturday. That says, can you text the eye doctor dude that we had on the air? I woke up with my left pupil twice the size of my right one, kind of freaking me out. Don't want to go to the ER. So um, I was like, wait, what? So I send you Dr. Gentile, you know, our friend, Dr. Mm -hmm. Gentile, who's always on the show. I send you his private cell so you can contact him. He always says to us, if you ever need anything, here's my cell. Let me know. Um, And then you send me a picture. So one pupil was really big and the other one was like a pinprick. Right. Yeah. So when I woke up, the first thing I do is I grab my phone and I go to look at my phone and I can't really see it really well i'm like that that's kind of strange but i didn't even think anything about it so i did a hair appointment got a hair appointment well my phone kind of like this i just figured my eyes are screwed up so i went to the hair appointment got done walked out and went wow this is i'm having a hard time seeing so only out of one eye or both eyes and when you say a hard time seeing like was it blurry okay out of one eye and when, blurry. And when I looked down at my reverse camera on my car, it looked black and white. I thought that was weird. <gasps> okay. So, and the funny thing is, so I went to Target after I got my hair did, and I was pulling out of Target, and there was a car accident right in front of me. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> of, course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So I pull over, and I had it on dash cam. So I downloaded it from the dash cam onto my phone. So I could go to the police and say, if you want proof, here it is. <laughs> so I, I was trying to do something nice for a change. Mm-hmm. Sure. But the whole time I'm, I'm downloading it, I'm having a hard time seeing. So blurry, like, still blurry. Still blurry. Mm-hmm. Put my car in reverse again. The, the camera looks black and white. I'm like, this is strange. But didn't think anything of it. Got home, unloaded the stuff from Target, looked in the mirror and went, Holy shit. <laughs> one pupil's huge and one pupil is small. And I was like, no, like, no, no, not just small. It looked like a pinprick. It was, you sent me the picture of it and it was like, it was just a blue, it was a blue eye with almost no pupil in the middle of it. Yeah. And the other one was huge. So, no, right. Mm-hmm. I, I immediately you go to Google <laughs> and you right. type it in and nothing on Google was good. <gasps> Everything. Kind of said, stuff, wait, what kind of stuff came up? That you had a stroke. I, I mean, there. Everything on Google said, make sure your your will is up to date. I mean, nothing was good. Wow. There wasn't like you might have taken I don't know an aspirin at the wrong time. It, nothing. So go to the doctor immediately. Do not pass go. So the only doctor is the ER. And the ER yeah. here is horrible. Well, also because you live in a place where COVID is still running rampant. So your ER is probably full of COVID patients. I went online and looked at the ER. They said 10 minute wait. Bullshit. It's probably two hour wait. But right. then you go down the list of everything they need to do. Once you get to the ER, it's a CAT scan. It's this, it's that. It's This is going to be all day. But I'm freaking out the whole time because... Eyes aren't supposed to do this. No, but I love that you're freaking out, but not enough that you actually are going to go to the emergency room. You're freaking out enough that you're like, 
can I have the dude's number so I can text him? Like, what if he didn't text you back? What if he wasn't available? You would have what? Like just sat there potentially maybe having a seizure, uh, I don't know, a seizure or a stroke or something. I don't know what I was thinking. All I was thinking was I do not want to go to the ER. I want to do anything I can. I was on the ledge. I just didn't want to go to the ER because right. I knew it was going to be all day. I knew it was going to be forever because they're going to have to put you through all these tests. You just can't walk in them not knowing who you are and one eyes like that. They're going to put you through every test possible. Of course they have to. Right. So I'm freaking out. So I right. remember that we have Dr. Gentili on the air mm -hmm. and he's like the head muckety muck eye doctor in the country. Yeah. At, at Mount Sinai. I mean, he's the guy. So yeah. eye doctors go to him when they need eye doctor stuff right <laughs> he, he's he's dr fauci of eyes he is he's the king of eyes i've given this guy nonstop shit because he's just fun to play with and right, he yeah. always shows up in scrubs and and all that when he's on the air with us and he plays along he's a good guy yeah so i text you and i said give me can you call this guy or text this guy i need this guy so you text me as you you sent me his information i texted him he got right back to me Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, right back to me. So he said, take a photo of your eyes. So I took a photo of my eyes. And then he said, you know, do these tests. Does your eye move? Uh, do you flash a, a light in it? Does it get bigger or smaller? The pupil mm. didn't move. Uh-oh. The pupil didn't move at all when you put light in it. But my eyes did move side to side. I wasn't right. slurring my speech more than usual uh so, <laughs> and he's like uh, what kind of he said have you taken cocaine lately oh no he really asked you that yeah i mean he doesn't know and i said yeah. i've never even seen cocaine in right. my life i wouldn't know what it looks like no i'm not lying to you no i haven't had cocaine heroin pot anything i'm i'm clean <laughs> uh so i gave him the list of medicine that i take and what I did Saturday morning was usually when I get my medicine, I, I take like four different pills every day, blood pressure, cholesterol, blah, blah, blah. That you've been taking since I've known you for like, you know, 15 years. Now. As long as I take them, I'm fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if I don't take them, I, I, I feel weird. The blood pressure goes crazy, whatever. So I didn't have a drink with me. So I just dropped them in my pocket and went to go get my haircut. So when I'm walking back, I'm kind of feeling a little bit weird. i reach in my left pocket and there's my pills i was like oh when i leave getting my hair did i gotta take my pills yeah so when i get out to the car take my pills and then that's when everything happens so he's going through all this checklist am i doing heroin am i doing cocaine if i he's you know. really asking you that i can't believe it yeah because he doesn't i mean when you see the photo of me it looks like i'm high on crack <laughs> Because yeah. one eye's crazy, one eye's the other one. You look crazy. like one of those weird cats that somebody names after David Bowie because David Bowie had one eye, one color, one eye, another color. Yeah. That's what you look like. One of those weird cats. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was it was very disturbing looking. So he said, I think it's your medication. Did you touch your medication and then touch your eye? 
I'm like, probably because I always rub my eyes. I mean, that's and it's allergy season. Eyes are itchy. You wake up in the morning, you touch your eye because you don't sleep well sometimes or, or you sleep too well because you've taken another medication. Right. So I explained to him that I put the medication in my pocket, told him that whole story. He said, what pocket did you put the medication in? And I said, my left pocket, which was the left eye that was all screwed up. And he's like, whoa. I got it. <laughs> he's but so proud of himself. <laughs> he's so happy. He goes, you put your hand in your pocket, then you touched your eye, your eye freaked out, and that's what it is. And he goes, but this is driving me crazy. I got to know what this is. And he's so like House. He has yeah. to find out what the issue is because it's going to drive right. him crazy. So did he do some more research and get back to you? Or he just wanted to know, like... No, he said... He yeah. went down to checklist and said, you know, your eye moves. It doesn't uh, re- react to light. You're not slurring. You're not, you know, all this stuff is going down. He said, there's really nothing they can do at the ER except do mm. a bunch of tests. Right. So he said, you might want to just wait it out. He didn't say how long to wait it out, but I was thinking like a day, wake up the next morning and see how it is. Um, well, because you had no other symptoms. I mean, if you had like a, it came with a headache or you're feeling faint or nauseous or literally any there's one other symptom. You mm-hmm. had no other symptoms other than the fact that your eyes look like a, a weird cat. And I, and, it was, and I can't see because one eyes is crazy. But so I woke up the next morning back to normal. Fine. Back to normal. He's brilliant. Wait, so you were able to see just fine? Like you woke up the next morning, were able to see like like a normal day? Yeah. I woke up the next morning, went, huh? I got to look at my phone and I went and looked in the mirror and went, huh, it's all back to normal. I would never even think of that, like touching medication and then touching your face. You wouldn't think that there was an interaction, but you know, hey, like heads he up, PSA it, right here. He got it in like five minutes. Yeah. And he broke it down to which pocket did you put it in? Well, that, there you go. Right there. Left pocket, left eye. You're fine. Go sleep it off. Right. Do me a favor, though. This is here's guys for you. You wake up in the morning. There's something wrong with your eye. You can barely see. Don't just go about your day. Don't stop and check it out and be like, huh, do I have a contact stuck in my eye? Did I whatever? Now, you know, did I touch my eye? But take a look, like investigate it. If I would have went to the ER, I would probably still be there. Right. That's true. Well, I think they prioritize you. So if you walk in, you're like, oh, my stomach hurts. They're like, yeah, go sit over there. We'll see you in five hours. But if you walk in and say, uh, I got this weird eye thing, I think they take you right in. No, I think, if I they, think, think- they take bullet hole guy before they take me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, arm got cut off guy goes in and I'm still sitting there. Right. Because I'm yeah. just eye well, guy. You know, when, when we take an eye guy, I don't know. Just maybe later. There's other there's COVID here. Yeah, your eye guy with no other symptoms. That's the thing. If you're right. eye guy with chest pains, eye guy with a migraine, you know, eye guy and something else, you get right right in right in here, sir. There's there's your doctor, there's your nurse, there's your the, there's your place to sit. Yeah. The ERs in South Carolina are a step up from the veterinary school. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it just it, it doesn't go that much higher. It, right. You know, 10 years ago they were trading chickens for 
for <laughs> medical <laughs> advice. So it's really not the greatest place to go. So I figure if I if I have the ability to talk to the number one eye guy in the country. Yeah, you're going to go ahead and do that. He's much better than the guy who fixes people's toe for a chicken. The Cooper and Anthony Show. Okay, so I have this friend and her kid is 10. Like most of my friends have babies or little kids. This this friend of mine has a kid who's 10. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I just to for reference, the very first time I flew by myself, I was 10 years old. My dad brought me to the airport, put me on the plane. I flew to Florida where my grandparents were because I'm from New York and that's just where grandparents go. Mm-hmm. And my grandparents came to the airport, picked me up, and it was fine. So by myself flying a tent. So my girlfriend, she's really smart because uh, she used to be a flight attendant. And she said that, okay, so here's how it works the flight. So you work on a plane and the flight attendants, um, as they're standing there saying hi to you, remember we said to you a couple of weeks ago that flight attendants would like you to say hi to them when they walk on the flight. Just be, be friendly, be nice, set the tone for the flight, say hi. Mm. So um, she, because she used to be a flight attendant, not only does she say hi, she brings a box of chocolates and she gives it to the first attendant that she sees because she knows that's the lead attendant. And if you honey up to the lead attendant, the entire flight's going to go much better for you than everyone else. And you might get first class bump. Funny you would say that. <laughs> that's what ended up happening. So she gets on the flight with her box of chocolate and her mm. 10-year-old kid, just the two of them. And she hands the box of chocolate to the head flight attendant and is like, I used to do this for a living. You guys are awesome. You work hard. This is for you. She, she knows, you know, mm-hmm. and she goes to her seat, you know, somewhere in the middle of the plane towards the back, whatever, sits with her kid. The head flight attendant comes over and says, listen, we have one seat available in first class. Would you like it? Mm-hmm. So she's like, OK, is it OK with you if I leave my 10 year old here by himself? He's very independent. He has a video game to play. He's got headphones. He's got a book. He's good. He's good. Yeah, if it's okay with you, it's okay with us. Sure, you can leave him back here. I mean, it's it's a plane. He's safe. Great. So she leaves him there and she goes to first class because she okay, her her husband has this really stressful job and now he's starting a new business and um it's a long story but like stuff with his family, whatever. There's a lot of stress going on in their life right now. She has very little downtime and she's like, "You know what? Mama never gets pampered." Here she is about to get and she's flying somewhere for her husband's family to do them a favor to take care of a relative that they can't go take care of because they have 90 million other things going on. So she's like, you know what? If I can have three hours of just sitting in first class, eating good food, chilling out, no kid, no stress, I'm taking it. So she went. She went by herself to first class and sat there. And enjoyed the cookies and enjoyed the movies and the food and left her kid sitting back there. You know, he came up to say hi once or twice. But other than that, you know, get back there, kid. I'm in first class. You're in mm-hmm. coach. Get back to coach, you know. Right. Well, all of our friends were like, how dare you? What a terrible mother. How could you leave your child by himself? You don't know what could have happened to him. Like, what is somebody going to do? Kidnap him? He's on a plane. 
You know, I flew by myself when I was 10. There were no adults that mm-hmm. I knew on the plane. At least his mom is in first class. And he's got a so, phone or an iPad or whatever to play with. He's got a lot more than we had when we flew that at that yeah, age. Yeah, he's got, please. He's busy. He's on his PSP or whatever the hell, you mm-hmm. know, mobile game Game Boy thing. The <laughs> kids have now. I have no idea because yeah, I don't have kids and I don't have a, uh, have a husband phone. anymore. Huh? They have a phone. The kid's happy. All of our friends, we have not had one bit of support except for me. I'm like, good for you, girl. And my my other friends were like, oh, you, that's because you don't have kids. That's why you're saying that. Right. Like, but she has a kid and she went to first class. <laughs> so she has a kid. This has actually happened to her. So I'm with her. I'm supporting her. But no, what do you think? No, you tell the flight attendant you take little Johnny instead of me. I'm fine. I can sit back here. I'm in my own world. I'm without a kid now. Anyway, I'm just not in first class. Take little Johnny to first class and let him enjoy it. Okay. What is a 10 year old going to do in first class? He is not going to appreciate it. He's not going to drink champagne. No, I'm serious. He's not going to drink the champagne. Right. He's not going to eat the good food that comes with first class. You know, and I got to tell you, as somebody, when we used to do our syndicated show, I would fly with the big boss and the big boss flew all over the country. So he had tons of miles. And whenever I flew with him, he always upgraded me to first class with him when we flew across the country. Like if we were just mm-hmm. going to Charlotte, we both sat in coach and, you know, whatever. He couldn't fit in cl- in coach, though. He's like 18 feet tall. Yeah, well, he sat in the aisle and basically <laughs> draped, draped his legs over yeah, four aisles in front of him. Yes. But, you know, for me, I was perfectly happy. But whenever we flew to L.A. to, to go to our L.A. markets, we, he would always bump me up to first class with him, use his miles. And sometimes we sat together. Sometimes we didn't. But one time I didn't sit with him going to L.A. and a very wealthy family that had a mom, a husband I guess the mother-in-law, I'm I'm guessing she belonged to them somehow, and twin girls who cried the entire flight. One of the twin girls was sitting right next to me. Mm. So I had a deal with a child crying for six hours all the way to Los Angeles. Like that was my experience in first class. I'm sorry. Kids do not belong in first class unless they're really well behaved or unless they're, you know, so young that they can't sit by themselves. But a 10-year-old? No. A 10-year-old is sitting in coach. I'm sitting in first. Tough shit. <laughs> should have made better money, kid. Should have got the, <laughs> should have booked that TV commercial when you had the chance. Now screw you. You're in coach. You're a it's step not up about, from it's the It's not baggage. about money. It's, it's not about money. It's about two different things. It's about appreciation. I mean, the kid is happy that he's on a plane and he's on his phone the whole time. So it doesn't matter where he's sitting. He's he's playing Fortnite. I'm still bumping my kid up. I mean, that's not in a million. That would never happen. You know, Zion nine three six said, "I'm with Cooper on this." When a ten year old can't appreciate sitting in first class, does does she have kids? Or he? Or he? But Do it they, doesn't matter. You you don't have to have kids. No, I think it's the people at, that don't have kids say leave the kid and, and coach. The people that do have kids are saying no, give them the bump. Okay, the reason why you don't give a kid a bump like that is because it tells you who's in charge in that relationship. 
you know, I'm in charge between me and my kid. If I had a kid, I'm in charge. The minute you do that, the minute you're like, oh, no, I'll sacrifice. Take my kid to first class. He won't appreciate it. He'll sit there, maybe annoy the person next to him who just paid two thousand dollars a ticket. Like Mm -hmm. it's that is the is the height of entitlement. It's one thing if they give you two seats and you take your kid with you and it's a fun experience you have together. But if it's one seat and you give it to your 10 year old, I'm telling you right now, you have bigger issues in your relationship with your kids. It's called being a good parent. It's called being nice. That's not being a good parent. Yeah. It, you know, you wait, you're the one who's Zena dealing with all the stress. Kids, so it's, it's the people with no kids are saying, I'm taking the bump. Screw the kid. You don't understand. This story is about my friend who has a kid mm-hmm. who left the kid in coach and took the bump to first class because, again, she's earned it. She earned it. And the kid was perfectly happy, didn't cry, didn't didn't care. Again, on his phone the whole time. I think mm-hmm. even like, you know, had had more Coca-Cola than he normally would, would be allowed, you know, kind of thing. So the kid was happy as a pig and shit back there to not deal with the mom and it's a tiny kid you know in coach that's a big seat for a little kid what are you gonna you gonna put him in a couch on a couch in first class no the mom has earned it a 10 year old does not go in first class by himself i'm bumping my kids up that's because your kids are entitled ass <laughs> ass. <laughs> no the I'm rest of us the rest of us them. wouldn't do it now I'm saying take them. Just go ahead. Let them enjoy it. They will enjoy it a lot more than I will. But they won't. But you can have brownies and crap up there. So they'll okay. like that. Okay. So if I get brownies and crap and, and freshly baked cookies, which they do on, they used to do it on Continental. I don't know if they do it anymore or whoever took over Continental, but um, they used to do fresh baked cookies and you, you get as many of them as you want. And if I was the mom, I would take a couple of cookies, walk them back to my kid and be like, hey, look, freshly baked cookies for you. See you later. No, I think after this weekend, people are just happy to be on a plane because there's like <laughs> 2000 flights that didn't take off this weekend because they went. Ah, rah, well, they first came out and said weather is horrible. And then the FAA went. There's no bad weather anywhere. Okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> air traffic controllers are doing bad jobs and are like. No, we haven't. No, had, no we're no, good. No, no, it's <laughs> all good I here. I think you suck at, at scheduling. Oh, yeah. There was just lines and lines and lines of people that couldn't get on Southwest this weekend. That drives me crazy. Do you know why? Southwest was one of the first airlines that had a vaccine mandate. Mm-hmm. And they gave a date. Now, a lot of companies that are doing vaccine mandate are giving their employees until December 15th. If you live in New York and you work for one of those companies, you have until December 15th to get vaccinated, to get at least one shot. Mm. Southwest gave them a tighter deadline to get a vaccine by a certain date. I think it was September 28th or something mm. like that. 1,800 employees said, Fangul, you don't tell me to get a vaccine. I'm not doing it. It's my body. Suddenly, they're anti-vaxxers. Fired. So the reason why Southwest was having problems is because they were 1,800 employees shy. Yeah, and you know that pisses me off when I'm sitting in the airport and I can't leave. Right. And they're blaming everything else other than that. Oh. Yeah, they weren't being honest about it, but that's what happened. See, it's interesting that they didn't know ahead of time 
how many employees were not going to get vaccinated and not make that deadline and that they didn't plan for it, that they didn't have less flights to begin with, that they didn't. Instead, they let everybody come to the airport and they what just had them stand there until they had flights available. It's, you mm-hmm. can't do that to people. It That's just greedy. backed up and backed up and backed up and they just they just hang out and they're not doing anything for it. They're not saying, go get a hotel room. We'll pay for it. They don't say none, nothing like that. You just got to right. stay here. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't miss that at all. Yeah, I don't either. But they should have they definitely should have uh, planned on not having everybody be vaccinated. I mean, let's be reasonable. There's there's people out there that are out of their fucking minds that will not get vaccinated to keep their jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll vaccinate their kids so the kids can go to school, but they won't get vaccinated themselves to keep their job, to keep food on their table. So that's their that's their prerogative. But um, Southwest should have planned for it is my point. Oh, shit. It's upgrade. It's the Cooper and Anthony show. So I've got three stories for you, and they're they're under the same umbrella. And here's the question I have for you. Do you think people have become more confrontational or is it that we have cameras and video and we're just seeing more of it? No, people have a short fuse. Very, very short fuse now. And it's all because of the pandemic, us being locked in the house for years. It's you can snap so easy now and you see it everywhere you go. I mean, you don't want to cross anybody because you don't know how they're going to snap. And once they snap, they're going to snap. So it's a little column A, little column B. So people are more short fused, but we also have cameras so we could capture the moment Mm. that the person snaps. Right. Okay. Well, here are three stories of people just minding their own business and somebody got in their face and snapped unnecessarily. So let's start first with John Cusack, our buddy, John Cusack, who went to a White Sox game. I guess he's known as a whatever the two Chicago baseball teams, Cubs and White Sox. Right. So he's known as a Cubs fan, but now he's at the White Sox game rooting on the White Sox. And this dude, this like, I don't know, he's some like known sports dude confronts him. Because, like, John Cusack, what are you doing at a White Sox game? You're a Cubs fan. It's kind of like in New York. The You're a Cubby fan. Why are you here? Right. It's like in New York. You're either a Met fan or a Yankee fan. It's, it's almost like it's two different cities. Hey, step up. Yeah. 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 Okay, here's what's going on here. So this dude is a sports dude, and he says, oh, there's John Cusack. He's known as a Cubs fan, and he confronts him. He's like, what are you doing here? Why, why would you be here? And Cusack's like, I can go wherever I want. You can't tell me where to go. He's like, but you're not a White Sox fan. So he goes, oh, yes, I am. Uh, for example, who was the first baseman in, in 1983 <laughs> White Sox? And the guy's like, I don't know. He's like, well, I, I was, I'm young. I don't, I wasn't even around then in 1983. He's like, it doesn't matter. You're ignorant. You should know about your team. I know mm. about your team. It's, you know, I'm here to, to support them. So they're getting into it. Half the, half the fun about being a fan is being miserable. You can't just go to the Cubs side when. I, I, I went to the ballpark. But that doesn't count. You can't. 
What? Leave me go away. Do that. That's like against the rules. That's the best part. Freaking leave me alone, douchebag. What happened in Chicago is that you got two teams to root for. We'll have, we'll have to agree to disagree. Agree to disagree, I guess, but I think it's... Uh, uh. You have to live? Stinks. Dude, fuck off. Stinks. Cusack, he's banned. He's number one on my band list. John Cusack is banned. John Cusack is banned <laughs> from his life, I guess. But so he's very put off by the fact that here's John Cusack, a known Cubs fan showing up, not just at a White Sox game, but he has like the hat he's he's, he's representing. He's wearing the colors, all of it. Yeah, he's black and this and guy white is totally put to off by it. Yeah. No, douchebag. Yeah, it's like that here in New York, the Mets fans versus the Yankee fans. I mean, you you have to like one team or the other. You cannot like both. And if, mm. God forbid, you say you like both, that's the kind of confrontation you're going to get. So, all right. So that's the first story of some guy, for no apparent reason, losing his shit on somebody just minding their own business. Uh, the next one is a fast food worker who is just, again, doing his job, minding his own business. And for absolutely no reason, this is so unprovoked, this driver just starts confronting him. Hey, can I ask you something, by the way? No, it, it's just that every time I come here, like, at the late night hour, I don't know why you're, like, very, like, it's not even me because I know it's not just me. Like, Sorry. I'm sure you're, like, this way with everyone. <laughs> you just, like, are very impatient. Like, if, if, like, you don't want this job, you don't have to be here. Like, I, I, I'm, ju I'm just letting you know. Like, you are, like, you literally rush my order every single time, and I hate you don't have to so go here. You, you can food. go across the street and go to exactly. Wendy's. Exactly. That's where that guy works. Yeah. Right. You know, I'm a douchebag and I work here every night that you come here. Go to Burger King. You don't have to come here. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I'm right. sure my word means nothing. No one's to forcing you, you to come to my drive-thru. There's 40 of them on this you block. You have the choice to have a different profession. This isn't a profession. I'm sure you're just very incompetent and you have to work here. I come here to get food. Who, who cares, like, if I've been drinking or doing whatever? Like, I come here at a late night hour, I get food. Every time I have you, I fucking hate it. It makes me sick. I'm so sorry about that. Don't no, call no, them. I'm, Don't I'm go sure there anymore. I'm very sorry about me, it. So. I'm sure you're very sorry about it. But See, he's like, you're recording sure it, and I'm sorry, and that's all he's saying. And you just said you're drunk driving up to no, McDonald's. Right. I'm sure you're not actually <laughs> sorry, and you're just saying that because, like, what? Yeah, look at the window. Oh, the window closed. Oh, uh, you got to go now. Sorry, you got to go now. Oh, uh, bye, douchebag. You don't have to bye. go home, but you can't stay here. Have a great yeah. night. Douchebag. Yeah, that's the most bizarre thing. It's like the guy works in fast food, and and you're upset that, what, that he wasn't friendly and nice? Like, hey, here's your food. Thanks so much for coming to McDonald's. Like, just take your food and go the fuck home. <laughs> like, he's too abrupt with you? You mean you got your food too quickly? Sorry. No, I went to McDonald's yesterday and there's two windows and the first window i gave them my money she didn't say thank you kiss my ass nothing went to the second window they just kind of hand you your food not thank you kiss my ass nothing i didn't then break my phone out and start bitching at them i just go Pff. people can't say thank you it's but you know what they don't have to say thank you so you're not going to go to McDonald's because the person who took your order and handed you your food didn't say thank you. Like, that's how precious you are. Just get your fucking food, pay them and go home. Yeah. And go to the other McDonald's that's across the street from that McDonald's. <laughs> There's one on every street. It's, not even that. it's like if you're. Yeah. If you're paying three dollars for a meal, you don't get me to be nice to you. Just here's your money. Here's here's your 
Mm-hmm. Here's your change. Here's your food. If you want better service, go to Applebee's. Go somewhere where you sit down. They <laughs> serve you. Hey, Chris. how are you doing today? Ruth we Chris got some specials. T- you want to hear about them? <laughs> Ruth Chris, the palm <laughs> will treat you great. Just go to the palm. Great. <laughs> They'll love you there. Nobu will treat you like a king. Here, you get treated like you bought a $3 <laughs> <Exactly>. hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And in case you're confused, anything that you stay in your car and drive up to, if you're a Hardee's, a Burger King, you know, any kind of Arby situation, do not expect great service. Just expect to give your money, get your food and get the hell out of there. That's it. That's all you have to do. No one's it's not a it's not a personality contest. And these people don't get a bonus if they're nice to you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like. You don't know what that guy's life is. Maybe maybe his mother just died. Like, you don't know the guy's life. So the third and last story of somebody just minding their own business and somebody just absolutely like coming for them for no apparent reason. Adele, as you know, is on the cover of both British Vogue and American Vogue. We talked about this last week and they asked her, like, why don't you take us through your weight loss journey? And she was like, there was no journey. I was just trying to relieve some anxiety, going through a bad time in my life, going through a divorce. Happened to lose weight was not my goal. I was mm-hmm. actually eating whatever I wanted. Didn't make a difference. Just used exercise to relieve anxiety. And here I am 100 pounds thinner two years later, by the way. It's not like I did. It's not like a crash diet. So she's been very clear. Like, don't ask me about this. But because she agreed to be on the cover of both of these, she had to get on Vogue's Instagram stories and do a live Instagram. And people are asking questions. They it's if you ever seen Instagram, I, mean, I, don't, I know you're not an Instagram person um, on Instagram live. You're there and people type in their questions. Everybody can see the typed question. Feel free to ignore it if you want. But somebody typed her a question that kind of rubbed her the wrong way. And like, this is Adele, like be respectful. But this was the question. What's my body count? What does that mean? What's your body count? What's your body count? What does that mean? I don't know. I mean, is somebody asking her what her weight is? Like, is that is that a weird way to phrase what's your weight, your body Probably. count? Or is it somebody asking how many men she's banged? You know, a lot of how many people I, she's I've heard killed, people like Dexter. The, well, that's true, too. Mm-hmm. But I've actually heard people use the term body count, meaning like, you know, how many people have you banged? I think that was a weight question. And I think she. Why would you ask that? It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. Love a study. Haven't told you about a study in a while. This one I think is really interesting because I love, you know, my favorite thing about science and psychology and research is that they really stay up to date with stuff. When there's a new phenomenon going on, when there's something new going on in our culture, we hear about it immediately through the science people. Mm -hmm. This one's my favorite. There is a new condition that somebody could be suffering from called the Truman Show Delusion. The Truman Show Delusion. Okay. Like the movie The Truman Show. Right. Okay, if you didn't see The Truman Show, it's set in a hypothetical world called Sea Haven. There's an entire town dedicated to a continually running television show. It's basically a reality show. They decide to, they, they have a baby, they decide to watch the baby's entire life, and it's a reality show, but the only person who doesn't know it's a reality show is the baby. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, Mm -hmm. who grows up to be Truman Burbank. That's the character's name. 
So he's the only one that he's un- he's he's the only one who's unaware that he lives in a constructed reality for the entertainment of the rest of the people. Um, anyway, so what's really interesting about that is psychologists and psychiatrists are finding that people are coming in. Now, people are delusional to begin with who have certain um, you know, mental illness. But the delusions they're having now are that their life is a reality show. And we are all here for them. We are Part all here. Cast. Yeah, we're the cast. Like we're pretend. Like if you're, you know, the guy that the guy that's delusional, standing on a, a corner, and a car goes by. He thinks those are actors in the car. Mm-hmm. He walks to a store and goes to buy something. That's an actor behind the counter. They're all looking at him. Yeah, they're all looking at him, and they all think these people think that there are everybody. All of us are here for them. And I think it's interesting because the the psychiatrist who coined the term, there's two, there's Joel and Ian Gold. Now, Joel Gold is a psychiatrist at Bellevue Hospital in New York. Um, He's saying that most likely these people would be delusional anyway, but now they have just a better vehicle for their delusions, I guess. Mm -hmm. And his brother, Ian, is a researcher in Canada. He's at McGill University in Montreal, and he came up with the term Truman Show delusion. So they're writing a book about it. And uh, they've they, first they saw like three or four patients that had the same thing, and now there's like 40, just over a two-year span. They think their life is a reality show. They're, they're, it's the same people who think their TV is talking to them. Exactly. And it's the same people who think we say their name on the radio all the time, Sharon, which we don't. No, we never say <laughs> Jill. Yeah, we never say Ken. Yeah, never say names on the radio. Because she always gets those people calling up going, you were calling my name. No. Dara. No, no, we never do that. Never. Sean, no, never. (laughs) Um, So what they're saying is that what distinguishes this from other delusions is that it involved the patient's entire world. Everything is unreal. Whereas people that are delusional, they're implying, don't don't believe that everything is, is a delusion. That's what's different about this. So one of the patients said, my family and everyone I know were actors in a script. A charade whose entire purpose is to make me the focus of the world's attention. It sounds like a bit of narcissism mixed in there as well. That's a very good point, Chad. I think that is what we're seeing. But what's really interesting here, so somebody else traveled to New York and went to the federal buildings in Manhattan seeking asylum because he wanted to get off his reality show. Well, where, where else are you going to go? You go right to the network. The White House? Yeah. Yeah, you go right to the network. You're right. Show up at, show up at NBC. Cancel me. <laughs> I'm not that good. Cancel me. I'm not good. Come on. My rating's got to be low. It's like uh, you, uh, NBC. No, you're, you're probably on some sort of Laurent cable network. Won't you? I bet you're on Spike. Yeah. Cancel me. Please cancel me. I can't live like this anymore. Now, if they put cameras in that 400-square-foot apartment uh, of yours with your husband, Sean Lee, you couldn't rip me away from that TV. No. Her <laughs> life would be such an interesting reality show because it's nonstop drama. Right. No, let me tell you something about if you were at our house. See, most reality shows, you see people in chaos. You see them at their worst. You see them drunk. You see them fighting, all that kind of stuff. I think our reality show would be boring as all get out because this is why. It is our chance to look good to the world. You would see me be loving to Sean. You would see me bake him a quiche, which I did yesterday. We did it all that you edit all that out? Yeah, they, they film you 24-7, <laughs> and, they, and they make one, what, what is it, a half-hour TV show is, what, 22 minutes of footage? Right. Yeah. So And you've got more than 22 minutes of drama per week in your life. Oh, let me, if you edit it out, the times that I'm nice to Sean, here's what you would have. Him sitting on the couch playing PlayStation, him sitting on the toilet, and, and me, oh. 
And me, at the, and me at the computer. No, it would be 22 minutes every week of you yelling at people. Yeah, you're completely wrong yeah. because th- there's websites now with just webcams that show people just sitting on the couch watching TV. Yeah. And people watch that. Yeah. It's fascinating. So if they put a camera in your apartment, it'd be huge. It would be American Idol numbers. Yeah. <laughs> and following her around to like her her, right. her lunches with her her crazy friends. It's a train wreck. And backstage at Fox News, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh wait, well, if I farted again, yeah, dude, that would that would get monster. I'd watch that show. If I, I yeah, would TiVo that show. I know. If I farted again at, at behind the scenes at Fox News, then 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 it would make that would be a very special it, episode. It, <laughs> it doesn't have to be anything like that. It just has to be the drama that that is you. I don't think so. I'm, it's really not all that dramatic. It really isn't. It, my friends are more dramatic than I am. I just come back and report to you. So you would have they're to supporting have, cast though. They, no, but they're they're the important part of the supporting cast. It's like the Osbournes. I mean, Ozzy was kind of interesting, but really it was his kids. Right. If somebody's going to come up and be a star, we don't know who that is yet. That's why you have to put the camera. Sean Lee could be the star. He probably would be the star. I got to tell you, I want to put it. I feel like, you know, when these people that put cameras in their house to watch their dog, what the dog does during the day when they're not there. Like a stuffed teddy bear camera. Yes. I want a (laughs) nanny cam because I want to know what my husband does all day when I'm not there. I think now that would be a show to watch. <laughs> There's a reality show right there. All right, pitch us your life. We'll see if we should make you into a reality show. Why should you be a reality show? 877-6-COOPER. Yeah, I think your life is the biggest reality show. I, don't, I, I would watch you. that, yes. No, you wouldn't. Oh, yes, I would. It's, it's boring. It's nonstop is, drama. No, it's boring. There's drama happened 10 minutes before you got on the air. I guarantee it. I got to tell you, there's a possible SAG strike coming, uh-huh. so the, whatever show you guys pitch us may actually happen. <laughs> so if you ha- if you guys have a good idea for a reality show, if your life is a good reality show, frankly, they probably you could probably get it get it cast and get it get it moving, get it green green lit. Yeah, I want a camera in your apartment. And then I want a camera hanging from your chest, kind of like the, 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 the ghost story people. Yes. <laughs> when you're just walking around. <laughs> I want that. I want that shot on you and Sean Lee. And the phone has to be mic'd at all times. Yeah, the phone has yeah, to be mic'd. Both mic'd. ways. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And the emails, you have to be able to see the emails going out. I would watch Aunt of Love. That's the show I want to see. Yeah, Jay and his wife. Yeah, Jay and his wife. It would be called Aunt of Love. See, I would watch that too. I would definitely watch that, but you know what? Sh- you know what show I'd really watch? The Ken Show. Cooper. Cooper. I. I mean, Ken. I would watch the. I wouldn't watch the Cooper Show. I'd watch the Ken Show. Well, it would have to be done under uh, fiction because nobody'd believe my life. That's See? what'd be so great about it. Yeah, because they, they stuff happens to me all the time. I could tell you about, it and you you wouldn't believe it. So. Let's hear it. But, well, uh, what I was going to tell you though is you're just talking about that Truman. Show crap thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you people don't realize is I've been doing something similar to that for years, except I don't think I'm in a reality show. <laughs> but the funniest thing in the world to watch, go to a mall sometime, sit down on a beach, and just watch the people for an hour. You will laugh your butt off, especially the ones that don't think they're being watched and do stuff like, mm. you know, maybe pick their nose or scratch their butt or something like that, you know? Uh-huh. And then when they catch you looking at them, especially if it's female, mm. their whole body will turn red. I got to tell you, that's a good reality do. show. Well, I mean, I was sitting there, I used to, you know, when I go to the mall with mom or, you know, with one of my ex-wives or something like that, I just mm-hmm. sit there sometimes just sit and watch for hours. 
and literally just roll laughing at the crazy things that people do. And riding down the road, especially in a truck, mm-hmm. you'd be amazed at the things you can see going on in cars as they go by you. I gotta tell you, that's a very good idea. If you want to save money right now, if you're not, if you don't have cable and you want to cancel your cable to save some money or turn your TV off, you know, to save electricity, go to the mall and sit on a bench, like Ken suggests. That's television. I still want Chad for one day. You want Chad for one day? You can have. We're gonna Chad for a few days. For one day. <laughs> can have him for a whole week. What would you do to him exactly? I, I guarantee you, I'd make him squeal like a little girl. <laughs> I don't think. I don't. I, I don't think we should do that. I don't think that's a good idea. That's a good reality show. We can follow him around with a camera. He will never be in any kind of danger. I promise that. That would be a show for Bravo. One time, I'll scare him (laughs) to the point that he'll squeal like a little girl. Yep, that's for you. You and Chad, whatever it is you would do, that sounds like it'd be a perfect show for Bravo. See, (laughs) we're missing it right now. What we need to do is one day a week. Chad needs to hang out with Ken for about five hours. Oh. Then somebody follow him around with a camera, and we'll put it up on YouTube. It'd be the odd couple. Because I got to tell you, f- five hours of tape, that we can get 22 minutes of show out of there. How great would that be? <laughs> the Ken and Chad show? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. They could go do stuff that Chad likes, and then they can go do stuff that, that Ken likes. <laughs> I'm not leaving my house. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then Ken will have to come to your house with the camera crew. Right. We'll have to do it like that. He can help me write write CD reviews all day. All right, so pitch us your life. We'll see if it would make a, if it would make a good reality show or not. Because i got to tell you, with the SAG strike, they need ideas. Mm-hmm. 877-626-6737 is the number. Hey, Steve. Hello. Steve, why would your life make a great reality show? Well, there's me, my wife, her boyfriend... And her two kids all living in the same house. I love it. <laughs> I, I love the premise. Go. <laughs> and I'm the only one working. Now, how does it work out that your wife has you and a boyfriend? Well, we were talking about getting a divorce, and she found somebody online, and he ended up moving in, and that's it. And hilarity so, ensues. Oh, yeah. I get to support everybody, and it's a crazy house at times. Are there pets? Yes, two cats. Mm. <laughs> How many kids? Two. We're going to need to also 17. cast a potbelly pig. Pardon? We're going to also have to cast a potbelly pig. Why did you let the boyfriend move in? He didn't have a place to live. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't work. He lost his job, so... <laughs> I'm hoping he'll find a job and take her off my hands. Oh, Steve, this is the greatest show on television. This would be the greatest show on television. What is wrong with you, Steve? Where does he sleep? I sleep in the boys' room, and they take the master bedroom. No. The guy that doesn't have a job, and you're still married to your wife, and he's sleeping in the bed with her. And it's your house. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what to say. And did the kids call him uncle, or like, who do the kids think he is? No, they know he's the boyfriend. So who do they think you are? <laughs> I'm the stepdad. <laughs> wow. Do, do you tell your friends what's going on? Oh, yeah, they think you're crazy. Well, so do Especially we. Her- <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should hear a parents go on me. Why are you letting him live there? Why are you? Why are you letting him live there, Steve? So he can get a job and take her off my hands. <laughs> Makes perfect sense to me. Have, he, she doesn't work. 
they need an income, so as soon as he finds a job, which so far has been about two months with no luck. <laughs> See, Steve, this is perfect because we can – the spinoff, I already hear the spinoff. So first the show is you with the with the wife and the boyfriend and the kids and the cats living in the house. That's the show. And then the spinoff is we do like a rock of love thing with you. We send women to go live in your house and we pick one. That sounds good. She says <laughs> I can bring a girlfriend home if I want. <laughs> can you hear noises coming out of the master bedroom? Yeah, but I don't want to. <laughs> It's a very comfortable environment. What a love! Yeah, that's yeah, that's a reality show. There uh, you go. At least, found, at least you found somebody with the same last name, so she doesn't have to change the life her license if they get married. Stop it! <laughs> oh, this show gets better and better. And his first name is my middle name. Oh my god! Wow, <laughs> this is good. I'm physically sick. Well, really, I think it's a great idea for a show. I'd be glued to but the set. But it's his life. <laughs> He's not pitching a show. It's his life. Well, you know, re- that's reality. I- I'd watch that sooner than I'd watch Paris Hilton's new BFF. I'll wait until uh, Thanksgiving when we all get together with the in-laws. Oh. <laughs> now, let's see. Three's company's already taken, so what do we call this show? It's a nightmare. <laughs> that's the name of the show. <laughs> It's a nightmare uh, starring Steve. <laughs> Welcome right. to my nightmare. <laughs> wow. That's great, Steve. That's a great that's a great pitch. You've got to keep us updated. Yeah, you've got to. Oh, I will. <laughs> I'm not even joking. We should send a, a camera crew over there immediately. Right now. Oh, God. That's the kind of show that people would watch and be like, it's scripted. There's no way this is really happening. There's no way that guy would let that guy be in the bed with that woman and live together. They're not divorced. I, I was on the I was on the phone. Why? <laughs> what's the? I didn't get what the. Uh, we'll it, tell you is, during the break. Okay. We don't even know. It's, okay. It's but I gotta tell you, Chad. It's good television. Oh. It's great radio. It's better television. I'm intrigued. Hi, Heather. Hi, Cooper. I've got a pitch for a show. Go. We would call it when Heather goes out. <laughs> <laughs> now. Heather goes out pretty frequently every week, does the same thing every week. Mm. But um, if when Heather goes out to bars, oh. there would be drama. There would be my boy problems that I constantly have, and the ones just revolve in and out of my life constantly. Mm-hmm. My best friend's boy's problems, where she just can't seem to get her man in order and figure out what she really wants. Uh-huh. Then there would be girl on girl nudity, because after a while, <laughs> after drinking, you know, you just kind of. You know, you lose what you're doing while you're drinking. Sold. Yeah. And, <laughs> That's all these guys need to hear. You should you should have opened with that. <laughs> Next. Yeah, you got to build up to the climax. And then um, again, two, sold. <laughs> but and then too, there would also be uh, some comedy because when me and my best guy friend get together, I mean, we are just hilarious together. Mm-hmm. And I just it would that would be it. I mean, we go out for trivia, we go out for uh, karaoke night, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's every time it's just a different scene. Bar fights have happened when we've been out, and it's just it's hilarious. And then the drama that goes on at my house would be awesome too. So it's like a real life Sex in the City. Yeah, basically. And but um, some more of the, sex, some less of city. I'm sorry. More sex, less city. Exactly. Exactly. There'd even be nudity. My best friend just got some uh, fake, uh, excuse me, fake breastuses. Oh, and yeah. So she's all about showing them. You know what? I know who wants to produce your show. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have a producer right here. I was going to say, I'm sure Chad would. <laughs> I think Chad and Anthony would like to co-produce. We'd that's for sure. We'd fight each other on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so we would just call it When Heather Goes Out on the Town. I got to the title, When Heather Goes Out, is so clever. Thank you. I thought about it while I was waiting. That's, I think, you, I, no, I'm not even joking. I think you could sell that. I think I could, too. I mean, if you see some of the places that we go to mm-hmm. and some of the people that are there, you're just like, wow, this is like typical bar, but then there's also the scary people that you don't expect at all. It's Sex in the City meets Rock of Love. Yes. Uh, hold on a sec. I just got an email from Cinemax. They're interested. <laughs> Showtime right now is in a bidding war. Yes. Anything's got to be better than what I'm doing now, so I'm there. It's got to be on one of those channels if there's nudity. Well, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be on one of those. You're right, a yeah. cable channel. See, we could have a whole Thursday night on NBC. It would start out <laughs> with Chad, the Chad and Ken show, mm-hmm. then go to the guy that has the boyfriend, and then go to her show, and then end it with the Sean Lee and, and Cooper show. I think there's better shows coming up. I got to tell you, I think the Sean Lee and Cooper show would be like a mid-season replacement, you know, if just in between. I'm telling you, our show would not be interesting. Mm. It would really be boring. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. It'd be me yelling at him all day. Exactly. That's not exciting. <laughs> it is to us. And then me expl- me wondering why we don't have a dog yet. And him saying it's one more thing he has to do. It'll just be one more thing he has to do. And he'll say that over and over again. Yeah, exactly. In between levels of Zelda. It's true. It's, you know, the, Sh- the Sean and Cooper pitch would be like, it's like Survivor, except Sean doesn't survive <laughs> sean never gets kicked off the island. <laughs> it's been going on for four grueling seasons already but the, but the angle is you really really feel bad for this guy <laughs> That's a, a, the minute, angle? a minute into the show you, you you're crying for this guy he's the most he'd be the most symp- sympathetic figure on, ta- on probably in the history of television right. that's probably true i feel bad for him every day call it driving miss cooper to the point of tears what's the title of the show Cause like, pro- I, I think can't up, believe you're still married. Up until, <laughs> up until married now, married without children. <laughs> up until now, Radar O'Reilly was the most sympathetic character in the history of television. Yeah, with his gimp hand. And now it's going to be Sean Lee. With his gimp brain. <laughs> oh no, it's true. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Hey, Angela. Hi. Now, Angela, pitch us your life. Why would your life be a great reality show? Well, the number one reason is that I'm a substance abuse counselor. Oh. So the dramas that ensue within my office mm-hmm. would be amazing. And then you could follow that by, like, all my friends who have issues. And so I end up counseling them almost the same way. That oh, I really? So, see, I like that. I like the parallel, <laughs> I like the parallel of, of you being with the substance abusers, abusers and then you being with your friends, and you're not quite sure who's who. Right. Hmm. And then just as a splash... You know, my family is always, like, so into each other's business, so there'd be fun. Like, now, hilarious. is there any nudity involved? Hopefully not. <laughs> I don't want to see any of my patients naked. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Been there. I mean, there might be, like, accidental nudity that no one enjoys. Right, right. That's still fun. <laughs> Sold. Sold. <laughs> I, I, I really like that idea, actually, Angela. Mm-hmm. What kind of stuff goes on at the substance abuse place that you work that is sort of similar to what goes on with your friends? Um, like, you see a lot of codependence where, mm-hmm. like, you know, they don't know how, how, how to deal with, you know, their, you know, because we have a lot of husbands and wives. So often we'll get, like, a wife who's clean and a husband who's not. So then the wife doesn't know how to deal with her husband. 
mm. because she's sober now, but he's not. Mm-hmm. And then, then you like get my friends out there who like are having issues with their parents, but then they're not doing anything to change. It's just like she's not doing anything to change, you know, what he's doing. So it's the same codependent type of relationship, but one of them is seeking counseling, the other is just like wondering what the heck is going on. That's I love that idea. Right. Sold. Sold. <laughs> It, it, it would be more of a serious reality show rather than a funny one. Well, Celebrity but, Rehab is doing very well. Yeah, but there would still be a splash of hilarity in there with my family. My family... They bring so the comedy. Like, yeah, like, the way I describe my family is if my sister pukes at 9 a.m., we all know by noon. <laughs> <laughs> and so does the neighbors. Right, and we're all calling her, going, are you okay, are you okay? <laughs> So would she be the breakout star of the show? She might be. I mean, I have two sisters, so... And then there's the nieces and the one nephew. Mm-hmm. So there would be, like, you know, the, the cute kid in there and and then the drama, the drama of sisters. You know, how right. do I not apply my own counseling advice in my own life? Right. That'd be good. Because that's the thing that's missing about celebrity rehab, following Dr. Drew around after he leaves the place. Mm-hmm. What happens when he gets home? See, in, in every show, if we have a four-hour block of shows, yeah. three-hour yeah. block of shows, then what we're going to do is have Sean Lee just make an appearance in every show. <laughs> he just walks past the screen crying. When, whenever there's a tense <laughs> moment, just have him walk in the audience and go, oh, oh, that guy. And then he just walks right out. <laughs> a little, little cross-promotion there. <laughs> yeah, then every show you'd be sitting there and go, you walk in the room and go, has Sean Lee walked through yet? No, okay. I haven't missed it. <laughs> Okay, so we're talking about, um, you know, reality shows are very big right now. There's a SAG strike coming, and they're looking for new reality shows. So pitch us your life. We'll see if we can make it into a reality show. 877 cooper Hey, Jeffrey. Hello, Mary. Oh, <laughs> hi, Mary. This is our apothecary, Jeffrey Scott, of the Jeffrey Scott Apothecary. <laughs> and I, of course, you're calling on this topic because your life is a reality show. Well, honey, when I heard Heather's going out, I, it just made me think we need to come up with a show called Mary's Coming Out. <laughs> Mary's Coming Out. <laughs> and what would what would be the premise there, Jeffrey? Uh, I think I think just you know a camera from inside the closet and watching them the doors left open. <laughs> That's the opening shot. The <laughs> closet's opening all over the, the uh, world. Uh, hold right. on, I just got an email from Logo. They're interested. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want to wish all of you guys a very happy Hall- a very happy Halloween, very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Jeffrey. Yeah. Thank you, lovely. All right, so so Mary's coming out. <laughs> all over. <laughs> I like this because you know we have Bravo covered, we have Logo covered, Cinemax. Well, yeah, that one could be on Bravo or Logo. Yeah, either one. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> There'd be a bidding war. <laughs> <laughs> now I thought of a, of a good reality show. I called Aunt of Love. Aunt. <laughs> okay, so now now Jay, what would Aunt of Love be? What would the, what would be the show? I have no idea. What I, I was thinking of something completely different. Go what? Well, when I get grouchy, uh, two things happen. One, my accent gets even thicker, and two, I start talking faster and faster and. With br- brutal honesty. Mm-hmm. I could just wander around from various uh, <laughs> celebrities and CEOs. This would be one of those, you know, fixed reality shows. Right. Ones. 
you know, various uh, famous people or, or wealthy people and tell them what everybody else thinks of them. So we got to get you agitated first, then we'll send you out. We'll set, set you set you loose on the world. Yeah, that's that's one of the two ideas I had. The other one was, uh, are you familiar with Mystery Science Theater 3000? Of course. Yeah, Tom would, Servo, of course. They would sit and make fun of bad movies. Well, put a camera right behind my head, and I'll sit and watch TV and just sit there and yell at the screen all day and make fun of everything I say. Because oh. I'd rather I'd rather sit you in a mall and have you make fun of people because it's a reality show. So you got to make fun of what you're oh, seeing in the that, real world. That would be awful easy, especially with accents I've he- I've heard around here. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. I love that he's critiquing accents. I hear somebody giggling in the background. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to have closed captioning for his show. <laughs> and the Ken show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the Ken show needs closed captioning as well. <laughs> you need a sign language interpreter sitting down there with cue cards or something holding them up. Put yeah, Jay in the, in the corner. Put Jay and Ken in an apartment for a month. <laughs> <laughs> I think only one of them would come out alive. <laughs> that would be a good reality show, actually, Jay and Ken. It'd be a whole lot of, would you say? <laughs> Redneck, what? What do you say? I know, what do you, you say? say? I didn't hear, what do you, what do you say? All right, I have an idea. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be the whole show. I didn't understand a word he said. Me neither. <laughs> We'll be back after this break. <laughs> you know, that would be the show. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Hi, David. Hey. Now, David, pitch us your life, because your life would make a good reality show, wouldn't it? It would. I think it would make a good one. I've even come up with a name for it. Oh, what is it? It's called um, Tales of a High School Band Geek. Oh, Tales of a High School Band Geek. We can all relate to that. Well, Chad can relate to that. <laughs> um, well, it's not really about me. More like I go to school, and I don't really... I don't have that many issues going on, but I watch everybody else, and it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Like they they get really into it. They'll they'll be they'll be basically crying on someone else's shoulder that their boyfriend broke up with them and started cheating, and then I'll just laugh. <laughs> and it's horrible, but it's funny. So it would be any... it would be the the high school like for, from your point of view. Basically. Hmm. I kind of like you know they tried that it with regular shows. I think a reality show of that would be much more interesting. Like, they tried sitcoms like that. Yeah. Wonder Years, that kind of thing. Right. But I think from a reality show, it would be way more interesting. You guys can promote it. I think it may be, maybe it would do good on Lifetime. I'm going to try Lifetime. I think MTV. MTV would work, too. Wouldn't you want to make it a little more edgy? Because, you know, Lifetime is for an older crowd. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it needs to be uh, Nickelodeon. And, yeah, Nickel- Nickelodeon. <laughs> Nickelodeon, right hey. after SpongeBob. <laughs> It'd be huge. But I got the Drake and Josh and stuff like that on Nickelodeon now. It's true. It's not, that's not reality. No. It's sitcom, so his would, his would work really It'd well. fit right in. Yeah, thank you, David. Hey, Katie. Hey. Now, Katie, what is, it, what is it about your life that would make a fantastic reality show? I manage an apartment community. Oh, that's I a great have- premise. It is, and it's kind of between nowhere and more nowhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I have a maintenance man who's very country and very dramatic, and he doesn't realize it, so he'd be the perfect foil. Mm-hmm. Because everything is damned, everything is impossible, everything is a nightmare, <laughs> everything is just unacceptable. <laughs> it, it's just no matter what happens, like, you know, you tell him, hey, I need you to go... Check this toilet. Oh, hell, I know it's going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't realize how funny 
timid. She's so afraid to tell anybody anything. Mm-hmm. But she's really upset and angry in the back of it all. So she mumbles and complains and complains and complains. And then they come in and she's like, oh, what should I do? Well, I'll check into that. I'm sorry. Are you upset? Oh. So we have her. We have That's a great character right there. Oh, I know. <laughs> Our leasing consultant is like, oh, six foot, probably legs that don't stop, long brown hair, big brown eyes. Mm. And, yeah, you need, uh, you need the one hot chick. Yeah, you got to have a one hot chick. She's, yeah, she's the hot chick. And all she, she gets all the leases. She works. <laughs> of course she does. I, was, I wasn't even going to live here, but I'd like to renew my lease. <laughs> I don't even live here, and I want to renew the lease. Everybody wants her. She's got a great So, you know, and we've talked about it. We could name it, like, All My Residents or As My Apartment Turns or something like that, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, that's – and we have – being in the middle of nowhere, we have people who – throw decide that it's okay to throw grease off their balconies cooking grease because maybe it's called the middle of nowhere we should call it that too i guess because they think like possums are going to come eat it or something (laughs) you know I think it's a good idea because we all want to know, like, we're all such nosy neighbors. We want to know what the neighbors are up to. So we would have to have, like, you know, hidden cameras in people's Each place, apartments yeah. and, you know, see what they're up to and stuff. Like, you know, oh, it's such a good idea, Katie. It is. I mean, talk about neighbors. I have, you know, like 200 plus apartments. How many oh. neighbors can you get into? And then you have, like, the ones that were dating each other and they broke up and there's problems and they need to be moved and the roommates and the, yeah. <laughs> It's just insane on any given day. I gotta tell you, that's a, that's another great premise for a reality show. See, that's way more interesting than Sean Lee and I sitting <laughs> on the couch no, all day. I think you're wrong. No, Katie's got Katie's got it going on. Look at she already has the cast of characters. Mm, all yeah. you need is two. Yes, it's like flipping out. It's like that show flipping out. You know, the people are already there and they're all they're already crazy. It's perfect. I, I would watch a whole movie of you and Sean Lee. I would yeah. get pay per view. I think Katie's is way better. No, I'd pay per view it. You pay-per-view much. <laughs>